0: Heard any good stories lately? I mean, really, really good stories. Not the kind that you hear at the beauty shop or the, or the or barber shop or when you guys gather together at breakfast or you're talking in the feed store or you meet somebody in the I'm talking about a story that really just gets down into your heart and your mind and it takes hold of you and you just can't seem to get rid of it. It's just there. It just wants to keep being told. It wants to be heard. You know, we, we've lost the ability to tell stories. There's not very many people that are good storytellers anymore. And as we think about that and as we, as we realize what's going on, st- statistics tell us that children who are raised in a home where they have books read to them regularly and stories told to them regularly do far better in school than those other children that don't have the same benefit and the same gift offered to them as we look and understand and being a part of that, storytelling has always been an important part of life, both physically, both in the, our humanity and the things, and as well as spiritually and all the things that go on and being a part of the things that happen in our lives as we look at it. God used stories throughout the Bible to teach His truths, to tell us what it means to be a people of God and all that's involved in that. Jesus was a master storyteller in the things that went about and doing things as we went. God chose to use stories to pass down the faith and the understanding of God. And yet we seem to be more and more losing that amazing opportunity and gift that God has given us through the stories. You've heard the songs this morning and all of them around the theme of telling the story. I love to tell the story. I, it, you know, I, it's, it, it's so amazing to me that the last thing that we want to talk about is our Christianity. We'll talk about anything and everything before we'll talk about Christ and about our, our relationship to Him and what He means to us and all that's going on in our lives. We'll spend hours, days, weeks, months, maybe years before, and not even mention Christ in our lives and what He means and what He's doing and how He's working in our lives. We just don't tell the stories anymore. We don't understand the importance of what's going on. I'm going to read several passages of Scripture this morning that taught, call us to tell the story and involve that. And then I just want to spend some time with you. As we look at this and as we begin to approach Easter, my heart today is is heavy. I really would like to be able to get beyond my ability and help us to move toward Easter in a way in which we experience it maybe in a more greater depth and understanding and awe and wonder than maybe we ever have, but maybe at least in a long time. And we're going to be building our way toward that place. The greatest story that's ever been told in all of eternity is the story of Easter. There's just not a better story that can be told. It started with Christmas because without Christmas we couldn't have got to Easter. But too many of us stop at Christmas. And we forget that Christmas means nothing without Easter. We've got the best news there is to hear anywhere we got the most important story that anyone could ever hear, and yet we're the most silent of all the people. It ought not to be that way. The book of Deuteronomy is where we're going to start, and then we're going to move to Joshua and, and 2 Timothy, and I'm going to invite you to stand with me, and, and as we read God's Word and I'd like to be a part of it, uh, if you have your Bible and you want to follow along, I will uh, hopefully can give you some time, and I think it's on the screen so that you can uh, get ahead of me maybe a little bit as we have the opportunity. But just, we want to hear God's word. It's more important than anything that I could say for sure. First of all, in Deuteronomy chapter 4 and verses 9 and 10, God gave this command. Only give heed to yourself and keep your soul diligently so that you do not forget the things which your eyes have seen and they do not depart from your heart all the days of your life. But make them known to your sons and your grandsons. Remember the day you stood before the Lord your God at Horeb, when the Lord said to me, "Assemble the people to me that I may let them hear my words so that they may learn to fear me all the days they live upon the earth, and they may teach their children. And then if you turn over to Joshua, I mean Deuteronomy, excuse me, chapter 11. And there, as we look at verse 18 through 21. The Scripture says, You shall therefore impress these words of mine on your heart and on your soul, and you shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontals on your forehead. You shall teach them to your sons, talking to them when you sit in your house, and when you walk on the road, and when you lie down, and when you rise up. You shall write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates, so that your days and the days of your sons may be multiplied on the land which the Lord swore to your fathers to give them as long as the heavens remain above the earth. And then if we turn over to the book of Joshua, there we read in chapter 4, beginning in verse 3, and then we're going to skip around in that chapter, Verse 4, chapter 3, the scripture says, And command them, saying, Take up for yourselves twelve stones from here out of the middle of the Jordan, from the place where the priest's feet are standing firm, and carry them with you, and lay them down in the lodging place where you will lodge tonight. And then down to verse 6. The scripture continues to speak, Let this be a sign among you, so that when your children ask later, what do these stones mean to you? And then on down to verses 21 through 24. He said to the sons of Israel, When your children ask their fathers in time to come, saying, What are these stones? Then you shall inform your children, saying, Israel crossed this Jordan on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the waters of the Jordan before you until you had crossed, just as the Lord your God had done to the Red Sea, which he dried up before us until we had crossed, that all the people of the earth may know that the hand of the Lord is mighty, so that you may fear the Lord, your God, forever. And then finally in 2 Timothy, chapter 2 and verse 2. The Bible says here, The things which you have heard from me, in the presence of many witnesses, entrust these to faithful men, who will be able to teach others also, the Bible is filled with instructions to tell the story. Would you pray with me. Father, this morning as we think together about the greatest story that's ever been told. As we look into our own hearts and examine them and ask ourselves the questions, when do I talk about Christ in my life? When do I share the stories? of God, in the magnificence, the mightiness of our God. How often do I share even in my own family the wonders of my relationship with Christ and and, and all that he's done in my life and, and in our family's life and the things that are there. Father, where have the stories gone? I pray this morning that you just remind us of how important it is to tell the story. And I pray that in Christ's name. Amen. You may be seated. You know, when when stories cease, our heritage begins to lose its significance. When when you and I don't tell the stories of our families, we don't know what makes us who we are as a family. We don't know where faith came from. We're, we're, who was the first Christian in our family? Who, who got faith going in our, house, in our family and what was going on? And how did they meet Jesus Christ? And how did that work in their lives? Where did our faith come from? Where did our heritage come How do we share those stories? Because we don't share the stories, because we don't know that, we grow farther and farther apart as far as faith is concerned. We don't take time to even spend together as families sharing that. A lot of people have been in the last years have tried to make up some of that by going into genealogies and looking back at their past and trying to look at some things, and that's great, and there's some wonderful things there. Some good news and some bad news usually found out whenever we get into genealogy and some stuff, a lot that you wish you could erase and blame it on somebody else, but there's the story. But the problem with that is it's facts, but it's not the story. It doesn't really tell us. All that went on in the creation of those facts and the stories that's there. And, and so we don't know. Most of us probably could not really give very much of an account of our family. Even our current family, much less the heritage of our family. We don't know the stories. We don't, we don't share with each other. Do your children know how you came to know the Lord Jesus Christ? Have you told them specifically how you met Jesus do your fa- does the rest of your family know? Do people understand what it is to have a relationship with you? See, our families, one of, the, one of the weaknesses in our nation is our families. And one of the weaknesses in our families is that we no longer share the stories about faith. We no longer tell what it means about being God's people and the things that are going on. When we fail to tell stories, we hurt our own families. But it's not just our families. When we fail to tell stories, when we leave them out, our society suffers. See, Without the stories, without the things that are the great moral weakness of our nation is based in part upon our unwillingness to share the stories of God in the nation in which we live, in the communities in which we live. We find ourselves falling farther and farther apart. We've allowed history to be distorted. We've allowed all the values and the wonders of what made this nation great to be lost because we don't tell the stories anymore. We don't share. the, th- the People today, young people today especially, don't have any sense at all of the valor, of the, of the tears, of, of the struggle, of, of all that went on, the joys, the victories, all the things that happened to bring us to this place as a nation. And as a result, our nation is in a downward spiral and a great death is upon our nation because we don't tell stories anymore. We have allowed the government and education and other things to take the truth away from our stories and tell us we can't tell those stories anymore and we quit telling them because we were afraid or maybe we quit telling them because we didn't know them ourselves or because we didn't believe them or whatever the case may be. But that refusal to tell stories has hurt our nation and continues to do so. But I especially want to talk about this, when we don't tell the stories, our faith fades. Our own faith weakens. The faith in our church is weakened. Things like, can you imagine? I'm just gonna. You're just gonna have to bear with me for a little bit because I I, I just gonna, I, can you imagine what it must have been like when God said to Moses, "Come here. I'm gonna tell you some stories like you've never heard before," and he began to relate to Moses what we call the Pentateuch, the the first five books of the Bible. And he began to tell him about creation. How he did it. How he spoke. And as he spoke, the world came into being and everything that is became. How he told him that, I took man and formed him out of the dust and I breathed into him life. And out of man I took woman. And man and woman Are both created in the image of me. All of that. And the stories go on. As you look, can you imagine the stories that that would go on as you look? And we don't have time this morning to go through them. How he would tell him all these stories, told him the stories of of Noah and how Noah built this boat when everybody made fun of him and spent all that time on it. And how he brought how God brought all these animals in the world, every one of them by pairs. He brought them to to Noah that he might build this great ark. And, and save that and begin a world over again. Or we could talk about Abraham and the story that he had when he took his son up on a mountain and he raised a knife to sacrifice his son because God said, do that, and that's what he was going to do. But he had faith in his heart that even if I kill my son, I know that God's going to bring him because he had already told his servants, we're going to go up and we're going to come back, the two of us. Faith in the things that are going on. Can you imagine the story of Dan- that Daniel could have told? as he talked about being in the lion's den and facing those lions and to being a part of it, or those three friends of his that got thrown into the fiery furnace. and They talked about how they walked around, and while they were walking around in that fiery furnace, it was so hot that it even killed the people that pushed them into the fire. It was so hot that nobody could survive, and yet while they walked around in there, Jesus was walking around in there talking to them. And they came out of it without even a singed hair. Wow, what a God that we have. Can you imagine the stories that we could tell if we just believed them? If we just allowed them to take hold of our hearts and to be a part of what's going on and being the things that are going and doing and being a part of it. And I can't even begin. Can you imagine what it was like for Elijah to be able to stand up on that mountain and to see these, all these priests, 800 priests, all trying to get their fire, to, their altar to be sacrificed, the fire to come and, and to consume their sacrifice. And Elijah walking around making fun of them. I would have loved to have seen that part. Just laughing at them making fun of them because of what they were doing. And then he spoke to God, the only God there is. And he said, this is your sacrifice. Would you consume it and show these people who you really are? And fire came down from heaven and consumed not just the sacrifice, but the water and the rocks and everything that was there was completely consumed. What a God we have. What an amazing, powerful God that we have. Elisha. can you? I I really like the fact that when Elisha was dead... They threw a body into the tomb where he was, a dead body, by the way, not just a body. And that dead body, touching the dead bones of Elisha, came back to life. Did you know that story? The stories are amazing. The Bible is filled with the great deeds and the great works of God and all the things that happen as we look at it and as we see these great works and being a part of it. some of the stories that are told, I, I'm glad I wasn't a part of some of the Old Testament prophets. The Bible says they had to walk around naked and tell the priests uh, tell the truth for years. It talks about the fact that they had to lay on one side for, for weeks and weeks and weeks and then turn over on the other side and lay there for weeks and weeks and weeks while they were giving examples. See, God used, used a lot of times, he told the stories in visual ways and used people to be the story. What amazing God that we have. And then, what a, wow, to walk in the days of Jesus and to hear the greatest storyteller that ever lived tell stories. As he used parables and as he talked about all the different things that that happened and all the things that could come about as we shared And we told these great and mighty stories and and people's lives were changed. And even those who didn't know him and didn't want to know him in, in a personal way, those who were his enemies and stuff, would speak great things. Surely this man was the Son of God. Because you can't get past the stories. You can't get past the wonder of our God and the greatness of our God and everything that's going on and yet we don't tell the stories. It is amazing to me how many people who have been Christians for years and years and years don't even know the stories. I am continually amazed at how few people know the Bible and yet they call themselves Christians. And they go to church and yet they have no clue what the stories are about. Because we don't tell the stories. We don't share with one another. We don't teach one another. We don't help one another to learn and to be a part of all the things that are going on and happening. It's no wonder that the world in which we live doesn't believe in the God that we profess. Because we don't talk about the awe and the wonder and the majesty and the greatness of our God. We don't talk about the holiness of our God. We don't talk about the God who is the God who is alive, the only God that is true, the only God that exists, the only God that can make any difference at all in a person's life is our God. No other God. Not Islam, not Buddhism, not Hinduism, not Mormonism, not Jehovah's Witness. None of those people have any truth to give. Only our God is the God who can change lives, who can mend homes, who can fix broken hearts, who can take some care of health that is there. Our God is the God. And we don't talk about it. Maybe it's because we don't know him ourselves. Maybe we just figured if we went to church, that made us a good person and a good Christian, and we don't really have to know him. But that's not true. You can go to church every single day the doors are open and be lost as lost can be and never make it into the presence of the holy God. Because it's not about church. It's about God. It's about our Savior. It's about the one who loved us. And what a story that is. That God, the creator, put himself inside the womb of a woman and was born just like you and just like me. And he lived out his life upon this earth without sin, without hatred, without bitterness, without any evil, any sin, anything wrong in his life. The perfect lamb and he deliberately and purposely went to a cross. And on that cross, not to mention all that went on to get him to that point, as far as the suffering and, the fact, on that cross, the most monumental event in history that never could have been thought of, that never could have been portrayed, that never could have been put into the mind and the heart of mankind in any way. God on the cross... Judged God on the cross by all the holy wrath of God as that God on the cross became sin. Your sin, my sin, all of sin. He became sin that He might bear the condemnation of God for sin and you and I could walk and say today forevermore as Christians there is therefore now no condemnation for those of us who are in Christ Jesus. We never stand before a God, a holy God, a righteous God with fear fear of judgment and condemnation because he paid the price. And if I trust him, if I accept him, if I receive him into my life, all that he did becomes mine. What a story. He didn't even stay dead. But as we celebrate in a few weeks, he rose from the dead. He rose from the dead. He's alive. He sits at the right hand of the Father every single moment of every single day. The Bible tells us continually praying for you and praying for me. We say to each other, I'll pray for you, I'll pray for you. And some of us do and some of us don't. But Jesus prays for you every moment of every day, all the days of your life. What an amazing God we have. What a God that loves us so very much. And folks, if you had not heard the rest of the story, he's coming back. He's coming back. And he's going to take those of us who know him as Lord and Savior of our lives, those who have a genuine personal relationship with him, not our names on the church row, not because we were baptized, not because we were good people, or not because we could do this or do that, but because we accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and our name was written down in the book of life and when he comes, those names in the book of life are going to be with him forever and forever and forever, never to be separated again and there will be no more tears and there will be no more sorrow and there will be no more pain and there will be no more illness, but there will be joy unspeakable, and there will be peace beyond compare because we'll be in the place that God himself has prepared for his people. Wow, what a story. What a story. And we wonder why the world doesn't want to know our, our God because we, we're, those of us who know the stories aren't telling them. And if perchance we do tell them, We don't tell them with enthusiasm and with joy. We don't tell them with inspiration and and awe in our own lives. We tell them as though they're the most boring thing we ever heard in our lives. But we have an obligation to tell it. So I'm going to tell you, did you know Jesus loves you? Did you know Jesus died for you? You don't care? I don't care. That's fine. How could we expect people to want what we have when we're not even excited about it? When we don't even care about it? When it doesn't mean anything to us. We don't talk about our Savior. We don't talk about our relationship. We don't share the things that are there and being a part of it. And and we wonder what's going on. We need to tell the story. But there's one other thing. When we quit telling the story, lost people stay condemned forever. What did Jesus tell us when he left? Go. Go. And everywhere you go, you tell the story. You tell, you tell the things I've told you. You tell the stories I've placed into your heart. You tell them. And you baptize them and you disciple them and you lead them so that they in turn can tell the story see we're we're to pass on the story from one person to the next I'm to pass it on to my family and, and they did their family and they did their family that's what the Bible said from one generation to the next generation to the next generation and when I quit telling the story if I don't tell the story to my children if I don't help them to see God if I don't present God to them in a way that demonstrates my faith and help them to know I believe in God God changed my life and we live by the principles that God has set before us and we trust him in all the things in our life and we are who we are because of what Christ has done in our life if I don't tell them And they don't trust Christ as Lord and Savior Then that generation is lost It just takes one generation And it's lost We've got to tell the story folks We've got to That's what that last song, pass it on, pass it on We've got to tell the story And it ought not to be an obligation to us. It ought not to be a burden to us. It ought not to be something that we dread doing. It ought to be the most joyful moment of our lives whenever we get to tell somebody, did you know that God loves me? That he died on a cross for my sins. And oh, by the way, he loves you too. And he died for you. And he wants more than anything for you to come into his presence and accept his forgiveness, his love, And to know that you are his very child for all eternity. What amazing story. We don't need to tell football stories. And and stories about this sport and that sport. Or or great storms that have come and gone and things like that. We got better stories. There's not a story that's ever been told by mankind. That can even measure up to the smallest, weakest story of the Bible. Not a one. And there's some great stories out there. I admit it. But they all pale in comparison. To our God. And what a great, great God that he is. Psalm 107 in verse 2 says, Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Are we saying anything about our redemption? Are we talking about the God who forever changed our lives? When we quit telling stories, it affects our families. It affects our nation. It affects our churches. It affects our own personal faith. See, Every time you tell the story, your faith grows. Every time you share a testimony about what God has done for you and what God is doing for you, your faith grows. And as your faith grows, it's demonstrated to others around you. And being a part of it. And it's only as we keep telling those stories that we have a chance to be obedient to the command that we've given to reach a lost world that they might know a Savior. We're not trying to sell church. We're trying to give a Savior to a world that so desperately needs Him. Who have you told the story to lately? To whom have you shared the good news? When was the last time you shared in your own family what Jesus Christ means to you? Does anyone know your story? Your faith story? We need to tell the story. Would you pray with me? Father, today... It is utterly amazing to me that you did what you did for us. And I confess that no matter how much my heart longs to shout out the stories and how many times I can tell someone else about that story, it's always so much less than what I wish it could be because I just wish there were words that could be put into uh, phrases, that could be brought into sentences, that could be brought into paragraphs, that could be brought into stories that would just encounter people and every time it would just be so overwhelming that people would just want to experience that in their own lives and they'd want to go out and say, man, I want to tell that story to somebody else. I've never heard a story like that. We're quick to pass on a joke that we've heard or some story that we've heard or something else. But Father, teach us how to pass on the story that matters. The story that makes all the difference in the world. Teach us how to relate it to one another and, and how to share it in a lost world. God, help us to have a burden in our hearts. To tell the world the greatest story that's ever been told. We're about to sing a hymn of invitation. and Father, that song says, I'll tell the world that I'm a Christian. And there's probably a lot of us that really can't sing that song with any truth in it because we've not told anybody that we're Christians. We've not shared the story with anyone. Make it true in our hearts that we can all say with utmost confidence. We can all say with purity of heart. We can all say with a joy greater than any joy we've known. I'll tell the world that I'm a Christian. I want them all to know the greatest story ever to be told. Put that in our hearts. Make it come true in the living of our lives. I pray in Christ's name.